Hey, y'all. Welcome to the White Coat, White Collar Podcast, where we help current and aspiring STEM and healthcare professionals demystify the career landscape. I'm your resident host and corporate scientist, Dr. Aurelia Whitmore. Each and every episode, I'm bringing you along as I talk shop with active professionals. We're discussing career journeys from white coat to white collar and everywhere in between. So turn the volume up and let's get this interview started. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for attending today's episode. I'm so happy to introduce Christine Grandizio, a research associate at the Coriel Institute, and she's on the line with us today to discuss with us her career. So hi, Christine. Hi, Dr. Ralph. Thank you very much for having me here today. Yes, no worries. I'm so excited to have you. So sometimes I like to start off with a nice icebreaker to kind of get the conversation going. And so one of the icebreakers I have for today is what was your very first job before ever stepping into a college campus? So my very first job was a server or a waitress. I actually worked at Friendly. So even before I actually started serving, I actually was scooping ice cream and then moved into being a server very quickly after that. But I really enjoyed interacting with people in that setting. And I feel like it did help me to kind of set up my goals for future things as well, future career goals. Okay, awesome. I've never heard of Friendly's. You said ice cream? <laughs> yes, yes. So, okay. uh, yeah, I, I, I have to forget that it is something kind of maybe more local to here where I'm at. But yes, it used to be a franchise. There are not many of them around anymore, but it is the family restaurant, a small. So it is a chain restaurant, but nice. they have servers. And then like it's very big for ice cream and ice cream sundaes and things like that. So it's when you start your job there at 16 years yeah. old, it's usually <laughs> yeah, you're scooping ice cream and making the desserts and then move on to yeah being a server. Nice. Awesome. Wait, I think I do. Is there red in their logo? Yes. Yes, okay. it is. It's, okay. Yeah. Maybe I yeah. passed one up when I was in the area or something. I remember it's definitely not in the South, I don't think, but... It's been around forever. I mean, I know I have actually one of my closest friends I met working there and she remembers going there as a child. And I mean, I think the setup in there was kind of very like 50s style and they had like kind of like, I guess, like an ice cream shop, that kind of thing. And obviously it's changed over the years, but it was a fun job to have as a teenager and, and serving was always interesting interacting with people. That's awesome. And I guess that kind of leads us into your career. So your background is... In biology, you have a bachelor's and a master's in biology, right? Yes, correct. Okay, awesome. And so with your biology degree, I mean, I know for me, when I decided to major in biology, it was more because I was majoring in nursing and I didn't really want to do nursing. And then I switched my major after I was introduced to a microbiology course that I loved. So why biology for you? I think I originally started in biology because I did kind of start with the pre-med kind of roster. I was considering going to vet school, actually. Mm -hmm. So biology was just kind of the initial choice to kind of get all the prerequisites in for med school or veterinary school. And then that's when I kind of fell in love with science. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Nice. That's awesome. So your initial career projections were to go into medical school. Yes, correct. Okay. Yeah. I know that you were the recipient of a George Hutt pre-med scholarship. 
yeah, I mean, it was always my goal from the time I was a little kid. I mean, I wanted to go to vet school, actually. I wanted to be a veterinarian, and that was my lifelong goal as a child. But I think as I started on the path, obviously, a lot of pre-med classes have to do with science and biology, and I really enjoyed it. I think originally, I was a bit nervous about not personally having the financial resources to kind of pursue a medical degree. So that's something that kind of held me back from really going all the way. And I would jokingly say that maybe when I'm 50 or 60, I will try to apply to vet school again. But that was my 20-something-year-old self was joke around saying that I would pursue that later in the future. But I think that was the biggest thing that held me back from pursuing medical degree. Okay, gotcha. So with your interest being in veterinarian initially and your interest being in medical school, it seems like you were able to have a little bit of experience in both of those areas. You worked for a veterinarian hospital, correct? Yes. Yes. Yes, I did. I was there for quite some time. But yeah, that was kind of my next job after being a server was I started working at a veterinary hospital and I loved it. I did. I really enjoyed working there. It really gave me a lot of insight to what is involved in the field and what it's like to work with animals. And I mean, it was still something that I wanted to pursue as a career choice. But at the same time, I was in school and I was attending various different science classes and biology classes. So I was kind of seeing a little bit of multiple worlds there, but it did open up a lot for me and it gave me some wonderful experiences that I really, really enjoyed. Awesome. So did you come into the veterinarian job blind or did you have some research training at school? Because I know in your role, you did a lot of gram stainings. You even worked with blood and urine samples. So did you have any maybe resources or experience from school that made you more applicable for that job? I actually did not. I was fortunate enough to find a veterinary hospital that was able to train people with little or no experience. A lot of my coworkers that I did work with did have some experience with lab animals and different classes that their education did help them kind of pursue that career a little bit further. Mm -hmm. And some of those people still work at the animal hospital today. Mm -hmm. But I personally did not have any experience. And like I said, I was fortunate to find an animal hospital that was willing to train and fully trained their technicians in all aspects of what's involved in that that job. Awesome. Awesome. And so now you are the manager of a stem cell laboratory. So at the Coriel Institute. And so I want you to maybe tell us a little bit more about the Coriel Institute, what you do now, how your career transitioned from throughout the eight years that you've been at the Institute. And maybe you can even touch on why your role or experience as a vet probably helped you become a more interesting candidate for a job like this. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I mean, working in the clinical aspect of being at the animal hospital was able to help me. There were things that I added to my resume. There were different techniques that were a benefit when I first applied to Coriel. I actually applied as a technician in a different department, in a subculture department. And some of that experience definitely helped me to become hired at Coriel in a subculture lab. And then I've kind of continued through my career at Coriel since then. So I was a a technician. I was still in school. I was still working at the animal hospital and still taking all of my biology courses and working towards my degree. And I was able to then really see the best of both worlds and kind of see what it is like to work in a laboratory setting as well. And I think some of my education was helpful with that, but definitely the hands-on experience that I got working as a laboratory technician really kind of let me see what's available in this field. So Then I transitioned into the stem cell lab, working with different cell types, 
and have been managing the stem cell lab in some capacity for quite some years now. Um, So it really did, it it did transition. Working at the animal hospital helped me to transition to working in a cell culture laboratory setting. And then I've just continued to pursue different avenues here at L'Oreal. Right. Awesome. Now, how could someone maybe with a biology degree secure a laboratory tech position? Like, how did you even think of working at the Coriel Institution to even be able to secure a position like this? Because I know there are a lot of biology majors. Sometimes when they don't go to medical school or they don't pursue a Ph.D., a lot of them are teachers. A lot of them do other roles that are amazing, are you know, amazing roles, but they're not in the science or laboratory or industry setting. So for someone who really wants that with just a biology degree or just a master's degree, like what steps would you tell them to take to try to secure a position? Really to apply for any and all opportunities that are available. I mean, really kind of think outside the box and kind of look for things that might not be exactly what you're Mm -hmm. looking for. And just kind of those keywords of some of the aspects of what you do in a laboratory setting. And I mean, I think we all do gain some experience in school and with our classes. And definitely as a biology major, you have lots of Mm -hmm. labs and practical and things like, so you do gain some laboratory experience in school while you're pursuing your degree. But I think it's definitely much different hands-on. So I definitely would recommend to seek out the various different opportunities that are available, whether it be in your home base area or if you wanted to relocate. Or, But I mean, really seeking out those keywords of things that take place in a laboratory. And I think it really is hands-on experience that is absolutely critical because I started working in a cell culture lab. So it's a lot of the times you think of cell culture, maybe from like a microbiology laboratory setting, which is very, very different than the cell culture working with living cells and to create banks for a biobank and a production facility. So that aseptic technique is critical for working in a laboratory and working in a cell culture or stem cell laboratory. So really kind of seeking out any opportunities that are close to what you think you want to pursue and then just really looking for anything, whether it be internships or just small like experiences that you can gain. Because I think it really is that hands-on experience that gives you the most knowledge and the most ability to kind of see the different aspects of the different fields that you can look into. Right. And would you say that your career path was more strategized or do you think that you were more so seeking opportunities that you thought were of interest to you in that moment? and then progress through? Definitely of interest because that's something that, um, like I said, I mean, I kind of had my career goal as a child. I mean, I thought of what I wanted to do. And as I became an adult and I realized that I wasn't necessarily going to pursue that exact goal that I had always had in my mind, I wanted to think of something that I could have as a career, as a long-term career and something where I'm going to gain the experiences and really be able to love what I do. I mean, I know it's kind of silly saying, but like, if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life or whatever it may be. But I mean, I feel like it really is important to enjoy what you do to kind of help yourself grow in your career. And so it really is something I kind of want it based off of things that I would enjoy and were interested in. Okay. That's awesome. And you've been at Coriel now for eight years. It's actually over eight years. Yeah. I've been here for even longer. Yes. It's been close to, it's over 13 years, actually. Wow. That's a long time to be 
at one place. And I've obviously interacted. I've met you through your job and interacted with you and some of your other employees. And I love the Coriel Institute. I like the building is nice and the people are nice and the work that you all are doing is great. And so, again, like with your trajectory at one institute, like, is that something that you probably thought would be a part of your career plan too? Or when you apply for this job, you were like, oh, that's just interesting now. And if it works out, great. And if not, I'll find something else. It was a little bit of a both because I think when I first started, and especially when I was younger, kind of just wanted to do something that I was interested in. But I did see that there are different departments and there is growth available. So that was important Mm -hmm. to me too, to kind of seek out an opportunity that it appeared from the beginning that there would be growth options because there is different departments. There is different opportunities in our institute to do different things. So it did start off as something that I was interested in at the time that I thought it would help me and that I could at least gain some experience and possibly Mm -hmm. move on in the future. But I also knew from the beginning that it was a facility that did have the opportunity for growth. So it was something that could potentially lead into a long-term or lifelong career. Right. That's awesome to be able to stay at a place and continue to grow and develop and transition into your career. And so obviously just starting off as a lab tech and now managing the entire stem cell laboratory core, are you finding yourself not in the lab as often? How have your roles shifted since transitioning up the corporate ladder? Yeah, absolutely. Not in the lab as much as I used to be. And I think for a while there kind of was something that was hard to think of because I loved being in the lab and loved doing that aspect of the job. But it's also something that, again, I'm fortunate to be in a position that I'm not completely hands off. So I still have the opportunity to help with overseeing the lab work and troubleshooting and exploring new ideas in the lab. So there are times that I really, really miss being in the lab because it's something that I always love doing. But I also am happy with where my role has taken me, where I can continue to watch the lab grow and know that I'm helping that. And that's kind of my main goal now is to continue to see the lab grow, to continue to be able to offer various different products and biomaterials to researchers around the world and kind of just continue to see the growth in the lab that I kind of started in and still be able to get my hands in there sometimes. Right. That's awesome. Wow. So I know you touched a little bit on the Coriel Institute, but why don't you, for maybe those out there who've never heard of the Coriel Institute, why don't you kind of give us a brief spill of what they do and why they're so important and just the great mission that the Institute's existence is based on? Sure, absolutely. Yes. Coriel has been around for well over 60 years now, and it is a biobank that started in the 50s with Dr. Coriel. And it obviously has grown a lot since then, but we do. We offer biomaterials for researchers around the world. So researchers from many, many countries purchase our products. We offer DNA, RNA, different cell culture types, LCLs, fibroblasts, and then of course the stem cell products. So it's really a biobank for high quality biomaterials for researchers. And that's kind of our main mission and our goal as an institute is to offer that high quality biomaterial for the researchers around the world. And our standards are very high, our internal standards of what products that we want to be able to offer, because ultimately we're kind of all in it for, even though we might not be directly, although Coriel is growing as a research institute, 
Institute as well, but historically as a production facility and as a biobank, might not have had our hands in the research, but we all have the same end goal of helping the scientists around the world to make these amazing discoveries and help each other out. So the fact that we could offer those high quality biomaterials and that scientists know what they're going to get from Coriel. They know that they're going to receive a high quality product and they can come back time and time again and always meet their needs of what they need to do for their own research. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And I think we can probably go with one of our final questions, which is always something of a piece of advice that I like to leave for listeners who may be on the same career trajectory as you. So for those who may have wanted to be a a medical doctor their entire lives or wanted to pursue some type of professional degree. And, you know, sometimes life has its ways and that may not always happen, but you've been able to still find a satisfying career even without being a medical doctor. So if you could just maybe give a little piece of advice or like, what would you recommend to those students who think, well, if I don't ever do this, my life won't feel satisfying or I won't make a lot of money or like, what advice would you give to those students? I would say that, I mean, try to pursue what you, I mean, follow your heart and try to pursue your goals, but don't be so hard on yourself if it's not something that pans out for whatever reason, whether it be financial or for family or personal reasons, whatever it may be, because there are plenty of other options out there and there are careers and there are institutes and companies that you can work for and still have a very, very fulfilling career and still have your hands in that field and kind of know what's going on there. And I mean, I think there are a lot of students that have originally thought of a medical career and they do, they like science and biology. And so there are amazing careers available. And I think that is very important to me personally is to have that family and work-life balance. So it really is something to reach for your goals, but things change. And I mean, I think it's just something that every person that I know, I think has changed their major at one time or another or changed their career paths. I mean, I know people who are my parents' age and have said when they grow up, they want to do this or do that. And and so they jokingly say that because there are options and to not be afraid to pursue something that might be slightly different than what you originally had planned for yourself, because there are amazing careers that do allow you to have a fulfilling career. And one thing I'm very proud of the work that I do, and I do, I take pride in the work that the labs here at my institute do and my coworkers do and what I'm able to do for them. And as I said, for other researchers. So I am very happy with what I personally can do in my career and then what the company that I found in the institute that I work for of what we do for the greater scientific community. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Christine, for taking the time to chat with us today. If any of the listeners have questions, I will direct them to you and we'd love to have you back. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This is a lot of fun. That concludes today's episode of the White Coat, White Collar podcast. If you like these discussions and want to continue hearing more, please subscribe and leave a comment on the platform that you've tuned into today. For more resources on unique career options for STEM and healthcare professionals, please follow White Coat, White Collar on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. If you love what I'm doing and would like to be a sponsor to help me continue demystifying the career landscape, please visit whitecoatwhitecollar.com forward slash sponsor. Thank you for tuning in and all the best on your career journey. Remember, take the journey one step at a time and don't be too hard on yourself. You got this. Until next time.